0: In verse 1 in Psalms 9, the psalmist says, I will give thanks to you. I will give thanks to you, Lord, with all my heart. And I will tell of your wonderful deeds. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing the praises of your name, O Most High. And that's what we did this morning, isn't it? We sang Oh, what a wonderful name it is. What a powerful name. What a beautiful name it is. So we sang this morning. We're getting ourselves in position to receive now what God has for us as we've lifted up praises to his name. It says, I will give thanks to you, Lord, with all of my heart, and I will tell of your wondrous deeds. You see, when you got a thankful heart, you can't help but tell it. What did we talk about all last week? Our responsibility for disciples to make more disciples. But we see here, it, it starts with thanking the Lord. I give thanks to you with all my heart, and then I will tell of your wondrous deeds. Don't go telling people about Jesus and you ain't even thankful for Jesus. It won't happen, will it? If you find yourself in a position where you're not giving God thanks in your life, I can guarantee you, you're not telling anybody about Jesus. Let's turn that around. Say, I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing the praises of you, O Most High. I went and took one of my teenage nephews hunting this week. Well, actually, he took me. His truck's a lot nicer than mine, so we went in his truck. <laughs> He's just old enough to drive, and he got us there, and I thought I might have to teach him how to hunt, but the boy knows more about hunting than I do. We got there. He said, I'm going down to the lake, and I've been having a problem with my heel bone spur or something, giving me a little problem. I'm praying about it. And I said, I'm not going to go far. I'm going to go a couple hundred yards down to trail to the right. And uh, so he took off. I took off. It seemed like it hadn't been but like 10 minutes. There's no way the boy could have got to his, his place yet. And he texted me, technology in the woods. And I looked at him. <laughs> he said, I got two does coming up on me. I'm like, what are you texting me for? Won't you get back to hunting? You know, <laughs> but I texted him a thumbs up. You know how you do, just quick text back. Okay, thumbs up. He got two does. Get back to hunting. So I'm walking down a trail. I, I ain't even gone about 150 yards. He's already got does tr- tracking him down, you know. Then he texted me again. I filled my phone. I didn't have it on, you know, the ringer, but I, it was buzzing. So I pulled it out of my pocket, and he's, can I shoot a doe? <laughs> we had already discussed this on the way there. No, it's not doe season. And I was, I like to put my stuff down so I could text him back. I was about to text him back, and I heard a pow, about a couple hundred yards down. I was like, oh, no, what has he done? Put my phone in my pocket and I'm sitting there. What should I do? I'm just waiting to hear. Please tell me that wasn't him. That wasn't him. That wasn't him. I get a phone call. I can feel, feel my pocket buzzing. <laughs> I reach down in my pocket. Hello? Now, how many of y'all know that young teenage boys don't really speak English anymore? <laughs> they m- mumble. They have. Their voices have changed, and they hadn't understood how to use it right yet. And he's like, "Oh, oh God, I was in the bush, and then the said, and I shot a buck." I said, "Did you say you shot a buck?" "Oh yeah, I'm a servant, brother." I said. "I can't understand the words you're saying. I think you're saying you shot a buck. Is that right?" I said, "Okay." I said, okay, well stay right where you are. Do not chase that buck. If you hit him, he might he's probably gonna go a couple hundred yards down and lay down and die somewhere. Just let him let him die. Don't jump him up, he'll run a couple miles in the woods, you'll never find him. So just stay there, we'll give him about an hour, and then we'll go look for him. I'm on my way there. So I took my time I went back to the truck, put all my stuff up so I wouldn't have to carry it. There went my day of hunting. And and I'm limping, you know, and I'm going, and he had made it all the way down to the lake, which was about a quarter mile down. I don't know how he got there that fast. And so I'm limping by the time I got there. I'm yelping for him. He ain't where he said he was going to be. And I finally found him. What had he had done? He had trounced them woods up and down before I got there. He would looked for that deer. And he, he'd already done, did exactly what I told him not to. But I got him out. I said, okay, show me where you shot him from. Show me where he was standing. We looked for blood, and we canvassed the area, and no sign of anything. So I said, okay, well, let's just go down in these thickets, and we'll look here. There's a lake bed, and I said, we'll go across the lake bed. Long story short, I don't know if I can make a long story short out of this by now, but, (laughs) but we spent the whole morning looking for that deer. And then about noon, I said, well, I can't find it. Can, did you find anything? No, I ain't found anything. He said, Uncle God, you know, maybe I didn't hit that deer. <laughs> 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 I thought you said you saw him jump. You Well, you know, he ran off. I thought maybe I hit him, but maybe I didn't. So. And the, the old uncle guy probably would have got upset and said, that was a wasted day of hunting, right? But nope, The new uncle guy I was glad that I got to spend time with my nephew. If we'd have been separate places, we'd have hunted, but we wouldn't have got to talk to each other. But we, as it was, we spent the whole morning together. And he is an a exceptional young man, and I was glad to get to spend some time with him. It kind of reminds me of a, another hunting trip that me and uh, his daddy took, right, you know, a couple of years after I got saved. And uh, we were going to try a new place, and we walked in the woods together, and it was just thorn bushes everywhere and we was tangling and I, and you know it was my idea to hunt here so I was trying to take the lead you know and I was going through the the, the bri- briars and stuff and we about a hundred yards in and we're all cut up and everything and Heath's finally like let me take the lead let's just go back and he was complaining you know that I wasn't leading good and I'm the big brother I'm not gonna let him lead you know and about that time we came I I forged on ahead, and we came to like a drop-off in the woods where it just went straight down. You know, there was no way to walk down it. We was going to have to walk around, and we looked that way, briars, looked that way, briars. And he was about to turn around and go back, and finally I said, What, you scared? And I walked out on this limb. There was a fallen tree that was kind of over this drop-off. And I walked out on the limb, and I don't know what I was thinking, but I just wasn't going to have him turn around and go back on me. And so I was thinking, well, maybe if I, if I jump up on this limb, I can break it off, and it'll, it'll fall downwards, and then we can climb, you know, walk down the limb. Uh, that's all I had. I mean, I was already out on a limb, you know, so to speak. I mean, that's a, so I could see the look in his eye. It was like the moment he was thinking, boy, I would trade this rifle for a video camera right now. That's back before we had cell phones, you know, because he knew that this was a setup. For America's Funniest Video, $10,000 moment. And he, he knew something was about to happen. And I kind of felt it too, but I was already out on the limb. So I started jumping up on that limb, trying to break it like a rabid monkey. I was jumping, 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 and it broke. It did, but not the way I thought it and hoped it would. It didn't break downwards. It broke off and went straight down about four or five feet below, and I went with it, but it got there before I did, just enough time to hit a stick that was on the ground to make it jut straight upwards, a sharp stick, and you could say I stuck the dismount because I landed on that sharp stick. And I am so thankful for this little bone that runs across the bottom of your carriage there that kept me from becoming a human shish kebab. But I was, I was stuck there, and my feet were dangling because the stick was longer than my legs. It must have been two or three minutes. I was just balancing there. Okay, it wasn't two or three minutes, probably two or three seconds. But it seemed like two or three minutes, all right? Because I'm dangling on a stick like, like a shish kebab, like a corn dog or something. I don't know. But finally, I just unceremoniously fell over. Clunk. And when I did, I continued to roll down that hill. But my point is, while I was rolling down that hill, I wasn't saying the things I used to say before I I got saved. That wouldn't have been nice. But I was saying, I remember, just like it was yesterday, I was rolling. Thank you, Jesus. 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 And I rolled till I finally stopped rolling, saying, thank you, Jesus. And that's not what would have come out of my mouth before I got saved. So I just want to tell you today, what's coming out of your mouth? What's in your wallet? No, what's coming out of your mouth? Because I, everywhere I go, I'm thanking Jesus. Everything I do, just subconsciously now, it's an attitude of gratitude where I'm saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I open my prayers with thank you, Jesus. I hope you do too. Even when you feel like a shish kebab rolling downhill, what's coming out of your mouth? Is it blessing or cursing? Because you know you choose. And out of your lips come life or death. What's coming out of your mouth? Jesus said out of the abundance of the heart, The mouth leaketh. It speaketh. It it reveals what's in your heart. So we're going to talk about that today. Last week we talked about Jesus jumping for joy. You remember that? Does anybody remember the message last week? What caused Jesus to jump for joy? I'm glad you paid such great attention. Anybody besides... Nicholas, disciples making more disciples. You remember he had sent the 70 out and they came back, said even the the devils obey us. And they were talking about that they had went out and made disciples and told people about Jesus and told them to repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And you remember that Jesus jumped for joy, but you know what happened? that preceded that got jesus that that primed the pump for jesus to begin to jump for joy he said i thank you father you remember that he said i thank you father that you've not revealed this to the wise but you revealed it to the babes i thank you father that even these young disciples they can do this everybody can do this i thank you father he started thanking god i think he started thanking god before he started jumping and what I'm telling you today is if you want to be jumping for Jesus, if you want Jesus jumping for your life, you need to be priming the pump all the time with thanking the Lord. Is that good preaching? I thought it was. So today's message is instead entitled. A thankful shish Kebab. <laughs> I know it's stupid. But I just wanted to put that on the internet when we did our advertisement so it it would maybe spur somebody's curiosity. Maybe they'd want to watch today or come join us. I started to call it Thanksgiving Continued, but that'd give the message away. So I call today's message A Thankful Shish Kebab. Now Jesus was always full of thanksgiving. I'm not talking about the turkey and the dressing. <laughs> I'm talking about he was, he prayed before his meals. He gave thanks to God before he broke the bread to the, the feed the 5,000, remember? He prayed for the little everyday things. He prayed, he said, I thank you, Father, that you always hear me before he raised Lazarus from the dead. And then he did a, a miracle. <laughs> oh, so so he, he thanked God in the everyday things, but he thanked God right before the miracles and the wondrous things that he knew was about to happen. He thanked God in the good and the bad, the little and the, and the big. Jesus was a thankful person. And, he, and here he is, God. But he's thankful to the Father. If he can be thankful, how much more ought we to be thankful? Jesus lived the good times and the bad. Just like one of us. I imagine there was times he felt like a shish kebab rolling downhill. But Jesus lived those 33 years that he, he lived. He lived so much life in those years. That he was able to provide eternal life to all of us. In just 33 years, he lived life to the fullest. He came as our example. And he showed us. And one of the things, that, the important things that primed his pump to live a life jumping for joy is that he thanked the Father. And I'm telling you, you may think this is just a little Thanksgiving message or something. No, this is something God wants to get in you. If you're not thanking God, you're not priming your pump. And if you're not thanking God, you're not going to be telling other people about Jesus. If you're not thankful, then you're not going to tell it. So I want to encourage you. Don't let your life be humdrum. You only got so many years on this earth. Live it to the fullest. I mean, there's somebody living in a mud hut right now. This ain't The only possessions they probably got is a tattered little blanket and a wooden bowl or something. And they come out and you film them or something and they come out and they got a big smile on their face. Ah, they're all happy. Here you come out of your multi-million dollar house. Oh, I got to walk all the way to the mailbox, get my check. <laughs> what's the difference? One person is thankful. One person is not. I'm telling you, this is a key for you to live a life worth living. Most of the time, what's got you down is you ain't giving thanks. Or what you do have, you remember uh, Moses led the Hebrews out of slavery in Egypt and they went into the wilderness. And God, it was just an 11-day journey. They were going to go straight to the promised land, but God realized they weren't ready. And, and they proved over and over they weren't ready because they were never thankful to God. God gave them water out of the rock. The next day they were well, we're thirsty today. He gave them manna from heaven. Well, we don't got no meat. Just complaining. Who who were the ones that died in the wilderness that never entered the promised land? The complainers, the murmurers. They never made it in. You'll never enter the promised land living like that and not being thankful and forgetting the Lord your God. Well, God brought their children in. He raised them up to be strong. They fought against the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Perizzites and the, all the otherites, And they, they won battles and, and they took the towns and they, they, they lived in houses they didn't build. They drank from wells they didn't dig. They ate from vines that they didn't plant. Oh, they were blessed. They were now in the promised land, the land flowing with milk and honey. They had everything. And how long did it take them before they forgot the Lord their God? Not long. You know, it, I don't know why, but it's it seems backwards. But it seems like we're thankful when we're going through hard times. Oh, boy! Well, like when I got the kidney stone and I was crawling around my coffee table like a dog. Oh, oh, i oh thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. When I'm rolling downhill like a corn dog, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It's something about being, understanding your need for God that gets you thankful awful quick. But on the other hand, you'd think you'd be thankful when you're living in that luxurious house. But that's when we forget the Lord our God. We begin to trust our own. Oh, yeah, I did this. Look what my paycheck paid for. Look what my, the fruit of my labors has done in my life. And you forget God. And then God says, okay, you don't want me in your schools. You don't want me in your government. You don't want me in your country. I'm going to back off. And what happens? The enemy rushes in and fills the void. And if you look through the book of Judges and all through, even through kings, once they had kings and stuff. But through the book of Judges, they would forget the Lord their God. The the, uh, Philistines or the Amorites or somebody would come in and uh, kill their women and children and take their stuff. And then they would finally cry out to the Lord their God. And God would send a deliverer, whether it be Gideon or Jephthah or, or even Deborah. Or whoever, God would send a, a judge, a deliverer, and and God would give them supernatural power, and he would uh, give them victory, and then they would be, be living good on the good land again. You remember, have, have you read, it's called the Bible, it's this leather-bound book that you usually see. Anyway, but it's the story of up and down, up and down. And it's a pattern. It sets pattern. And if you look at your life, there's times that you've been up and down, up and down. And I'm trying to tell you, the way to stop going down is to stay thankful through it all. To stay thankful in the good times and the bad. And like I said, it's harder to stay thankful sometimes when you got everything, when you don't have any needs, when you're not sick, when your bank account is full. So I'm basically speaking to everybody wherever your situation is right now there's power there's God's presence in your thankfulness cultivating a Christ like life takes gratitude in the good and the bad you know America I think it was founded as a As a grateful nation. They came over here to get away from religious persecution. And set up a nation where they could have freedom to worship the Lord their God. And the government wouldn't dictate to them who they worship, how they worship. Can they sing in the church on Sunday? And if you read the account of the early settlers as they came over on the Mayflower and the other boats... It was like there was 460 of them at the beginning of the fall, and by the end of the winter, there was 90 of them left. I, I, I might have my numbers off, but it's something drastic like that. But it says they still gave thanks, and they praised God, and they prayed to God. And it wasn't long before they were having Thanksgiving with the natives. Don't let people rewrite history on you, okay? Okay. They were a thankful people. Our founding fathers who were willing to give up their fortunes and their life to fight the the English army for our freedom, the, the Revolutionary War. They were a thankful people. And God blessed this nation like no nation before us, maybe except with the small exception of the time that Israel was blessed under maybe King David and Solomon. How did we sink so low as a culture to burn our own flag in our own streets? What level of depravity, what level of unthankfulness does it take for you to burn your own flag and all the blood that it represents that provided the freedom for you to do it? It's disgusting. And it's disgusting in God's own nostrils. 2 Timothy 3 verse 2 says of the end times, men will be lovers of themselves. Lovers of money. Boasters. Proud. Blasphemers. Don't you see a lot of blasphemy going on these days? They'll say any manner of evil against their God disobedient to parents and the two i wanted to get to is unthankful and unholy i want you to see a coalition between unthankful and unholy because i'm telling you if you're unthankful you're not a holy person you're not going to live a holy life but if you're thankful there's a good chance that you're you're going to live a life worth living and you're and you're going to And without holiness, no man will see the Lord. So how important is it to be thankful? Is this just a little Thanksgiving message that you're going to go and say, oh, yeah, yeah, we do this every year. Or am I telling you something that's really going to make an impact in your day-to-day life? Thankfulness. Job, of all people, we find him giving thanks to God. He lost everything in a day. His family, his children, his wealth, his health, his prestige. He's sitting there scraping himself with broken pottery because he's broke out. He's broke. He's broke down. He has nothing left but this wife of his that says curse God and die Job if anybody could have said all right you're right I'm just gonna curse God and get this over with but that wasn't Job he was a man after God's own heart God said look at my servant Job he was an example And in Job 33, 4, he says, For the Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. He just broke it down. The Spirit of God made me. I was just dust on the ground. I didn't deserve anything. I didn't deserve the wealth I had before. I didn't deserve the family I had before. I was nothing but dust. Where do we get this entitlement mentality? God created us out of dust. And He breathed His own life into us. Oh. So you're going through some hard times. Doesn't mean you can't be thankful you just got to stir yourself up. Psalm 69, 29. The psalmist says, But as for me, afflicted and in pain. See, the psalmist was afflicted and in pain. In this world you shall have tribulation. But what does it say? Jesus, out of his own mouth, said, be of, But, but, be of good cheer. But as for me, afflicted and in pain. May your salvation, God, protect me. In other words, just knowing that I'm saved. I will praise God's name in song and glorify him with thanksgiving. I'll just sing a song of praise. I thank you, thank you, Jesus. You're so good to me. Just get you a little, just start stirring that pump. Just start priming that pump. I thank you, thank you. Your thankfulness in the midst of your mess says it gives God glory. And glorify Him with thanksgiving. You see that glorifying God? You say, I want my life to glorify God, but oh my back. Oh, (laughs) your thankfulness gives God the glory that you want to give Him. You see, somebody might say, Oh God, why does he need to hear thank you all the time? He don't. But you need to say it all the time. <laughs> Psalms eighty six twelve, the psalmist says, I give thanks to you, O Lord my God, with my whole heart. And I will glorify your name forever. There it is. It gives God glory. To give thanks. Is that true in your life? What's coming out of your mouth? Everybody in here can inspect their own fruit for a moment. What is coming out of your life? When was the last time you came back to give God thanks? Because as a Christian, sometimes I get used to blessings. I pray for someone, they get healed. I pray for my finances. The bills are paid. I got more than enough to meet my needs according to His riches and glory. Everywhere I turn, I'm blessed, blessed, blessed. And sometimes I pray for something and God gives it to me right away and I'm like, yeah, that's good. That's good. That happens all the time. It's like I get spoiled by God's blessings. But when I... When I shake myself, I say, wait a minute, God really did heal that person I pray for. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. And I stir myself up and I give him the praise because his hand's in your life every day. And you can't give him enough thanks and praise. (laughs) So why did only one leper out of the ten come back to give him praise, you think? See, that's about the average. I probably give him thanks for about one-tenth of the things he does for me. The leper, I mean, he could have had every excuse. Well, I'm going to give God praise later. But he just healed me, and I ain't seen my wife and kids in like three years. I've been in this colony, this leper colony. He, he had an excuse to run home and tell his wife and kids he wants to sleep in his own bed tonight. He want to eat some home cooking. Get a hug. He wants to get his business started back up. He's got all these plans. Now that God has healed him, his whole life has changed. Now he can get started. And 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 nine of them did just that. They ran back and made it about them. But one had the proper perspective. And he turned around and he gave glory to Jesus. And he gave him thanks and praise. And he put first things first. You know, God doesn't want your leftovers. It's insulting to him. That's why he says in the tithe, that it be your first fruits. You give him the first 10% of your income. You don't wait to the end of the month and see if you've got anything left. That's insulting to God. He wants your first and your best. Once again, is it because God needs anything from us? No, because it blesses you to keep a right perspective and to be thankful enough to put God first. Thankfulness is the key to unlocking God's blessing in your life. Have you ever gone on vacation and you got the kids in the car and they're unthankful? I don't even want to go to Disneyland. I don't know why we're going. I wanted to take my friend. He stole my, my candy. Man, man, man. Just a bad attitude. You get about a couple miles down the road, I'm going to turn this car around. We ain't going on vacation. You want to pull off a flip-flop and whop in one time, you know. Right? that's the way God is don't make God want you with a flip-flop I mean seriously don't get on his nerves if you don't enjoy getting all these blessings then he just won't give them to you then like he did Israel okay you don't want me in, in your country I'll back off we'll see how it works out between you and the enemies But what if, and what about you parents, the times that your children looked at you and said, Mommy, thank you for taking us to the movies. Thank you. I loved the movie. I enjoyed spending time with you, Mama. Daddy, thank you for these shoes you bought me. That's awesome. I love them. That daddy is going to work overtime this week to be able to buy him some more shoes next week. Gratefulness unlocks God's heart to be able to bless you like he really wants to. Be thankful. How spoiled are we, really? We're so spoiled. We are so spoiled living over here in America. You've heard it said, attitude determines altitude. Well, I'm going to add a little something to somebody else's saying. Attitude determines altitude, and thankfulness sets the flaps for your greater heights. If, you're, if, if a good attitude gets, gets you higher in life, then thankfulness is the flaps on your wings that's going to propel you to those heights. You think this is just a little Thanksgiving message? I'm trying to tell you, this is a lifestyle that needs to be cultivated, that needs to be thought about. You having a bad day? You can turn it into a good day. Just because you wake up on the wrong side of the bed, roll back in and roll over and get out on the other side. You can change. Your attitude at any moment, just by being thankful, feel, feeling grumpy, take a minute to give thanks. Do like Jesus, prime that pump. Thank you, God. You may not have, you may, nothing may come to you at first. Thank you, God. Just, just say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hmm. I thank you, Lord, that you're healing my heel. I got a healed heel. I thank you, Lord. I got to spend time with my nephew. I ain't going to sit and think about it. I didn't get the chance to hunt myself. I thank you, Lord. I'm not going to think about the negative thing. Thank you, Lord, that I got a nephew. Thank you, Lord, that I got a foot. Thank you, Lord. I got breath in my lungs. Thank you, Lord. My heart's still beating. Thank you, Lord, from all my friends down at the church. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, i got people to do life with. Thank you, Lord, that I get to choose. And you said I could choose life. In fact, you told me to choose life. I thank you, Lord, I've chosen life. And you have revealed your life to me. I thank you, God, that things are going well for me. And while you're saying it, you're rolling downhill. But you're saying it by faith. Just keep on priming that pump. Just keep on thanking Him. You can, you can I, I promise you, I do it all the time. If I'm having a bad day and things ain't going well, if I'm in church, I'll walk around up here and just start thanking God. If you've got nothing else to do, you can start thanking God. It's going to turn your whole day around. It's going to turn your attitude around. You know, thankful uh, lips make for thankful actions. You'll start doing thankful things. You'll start responding to people in love. Grateful people are happy people. They're good people to be around. Nobody wants to be around a old grumpy, worn out, bad talking, negative, got nothing good to say. You're gonna get a whole list of things that's going wrong with them every time you walk by them, and the list is gonna keep getting bigger. If they keep pronouncing the curse over their life. better way is to pronounce the blessing over your life. Keep pronouncing the blessing over your life. I thank you, God. Oh, you may not even be there yet. I thank you, God, that this church is planting churches all over the world. We're highly successful. We're, we're going to fulfill everything you called us to do, God. What you talking about, man? You, y'all's attendance is down. Y'all, This COVID got y'all. Y'all, ain't, y'all still in the same. Y'all ain't. Y'all, that's mumbling like a 15-year-old young boy. I don't understand a word you just said. I ain't listening to it. As for me and my house, we're serving the Lord. And I thank you, Jesus, we could be everything you called us to be. And you begin to call those things which be not as though they were, just like your Heavenly Father. Thankfulness brings the promise into reality. The thing that you hope for, thankfulness will bring it into reality. The things that He's spoken over your life. The power of life and death is in the tongue, it says in Proverbs. Thank you, Jesus. Just say it. Just thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, you, uh, Jesus. Thankfulness is your prescription for joy. If you were to go to a spiritual doctor, Doctor, I just, life has got me down. This COVID thing, I just feel depressed. I don't know if I can make it. My boss, this, this. A a good spiritual doctor is going to say, start thanking God for what you do have. It's your prescription for joy, and the joy of the Lord is your strength. It sets your flaps to get you to your heights, and it's your prescription to give you the joy and the power to get there. Thankfulness. Y'all just want me to quit now. I can tell y'all checking out. Y'all ain't thankful for your pastor. Y'all ain't thankful. <laughs> 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 says, always be joyful, never stop praying, and be thankful in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. You say, how am I supposed to be thankful for 2020? I lost my job. I can't go see nobody This, this, this. How can I be thankful for 2020? You don't have to be thankful for 2020. You can be thankful in 2020, it says. There's a big difference in being thankful for and being thankful in. In, Being thankful in will change your circumstances. Does that make sense? God is trying to tell you, I don't care what's going on in your life. Act like people of faith. And thank God for your answer. It's funny how this message kind of turned into a faith message, ain't it? Because thankfulness is coming out of a heart of faith. Without faith it's impossible to please God. So be be thankful in your hard times. Jesus did this for us. We see at the Last Supper. Jesus took the bread. And he broke it. And he gave thanks. I say God is good. God is great. Let's thank him for this plate. I say that. I thank God. For but what Jesus was doing, that bread represented his own body and he broke it. He was saying my body is going to be broken for you. And I thank you, Father, for the opportunity to break my own body for these people. That my back's going to be laid open. That I'm going to be beaten. Unrecognizable as a human being the Bible says. His body was broken and bruised. And wounded. And then he took the cup of wine. And he thanked God. For it because it represented his blood that he was about to pour out for mankind. For the blood that would run down his back after they laid him open with the whip. For the blood that would squeeze down in his eyes and sting from the crown of thorns they pressed down on his head and the, the, the blood in his beard as they ripped it out The blood that came out of his hands and feet as they pierced him and lifted him up and the blood that ran down that old rugged cross into the dusty gravelly ground below like it was nothing. Nobody was thankful. And the blood, the last drop of his blood as they stabbed his very heart with a spear and drained him. And he's given thanks that you're going to take my last drop of blood, God, and, and forgive sins of mankind for it. That my life can be poured out as an offering. And this is so much that he would ask us just to be thankful people? Has he poured himself out for the forgiveness of our sin? His body broken. And bruised. And we get tempted to live a grumpy life. Unthankful people grow up to be some awful older folks. I guess I'm through. I just preach them as God gives them. Maybe we needed to hear this. It's easy to change. Be a thankful shish kebab, even if you're on the way downhill. (laughs) Make thankfulness your thing. When people see you, that's that guy that's thankful about everything. It'll make you radiate with the life of Christ. People will want to be your friend. You'll have much more to be thankful about. Thankfulness will breed reasons to be thankful. You will be shined like a light on a hill. Nobody's drawn to a grumpy Grinch. You're not representing Christ with that unthankful and unholy attitude. I don't care how well you stick the landing. Psalms 103 verse one says "Bless the Lord, O my soul and all that's within me bless his holy name that's the way I want to live my life I want to bless him I want my the fruit of my lips to bring glory to his name I want the way I live to be a thankful thankful for what all he's done for me for his broken body and for his poured out blood it's the least I could do to do any less would be like burning the flag of heaven thanks for listening to the podcast today we hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's word